to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to go to 1 Timothy 6.12, and uh, we're going to be sharing some more tonight on faith. And I'm just so excited about it, I can't hardly stand myself. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, notice what Paul said to Timothy. We're believers. Tell your neighbor we're believers. believers. And uh, we have the measure of the God kind of faith. And the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, I love living this way. (laughs) But notice Paul said to Timothy by the Spirit of God. Of course, this is the Scripture inspired by the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. You know, he said there to fight the good fight of faith. We, we know that, uh, you know, some Christians, they just read the first word of that verse and they went to fighting, you know, fighting this, fighting that, fighting people, fighting doc- bad doctrine, fighting, fighting, fighting. Yeah. But that's not the rest of the verse. It goes on and says, fight the good fight of faith. This is the only fight that believers are to be in, is fighting the good fight of faith. Now, I want you to go over also to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And we're going to start reading here in verse number 10. We're going to start reading and go on down through verse number 17. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10 through 17. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not in yourself, but in the Lord and in the power of His might. That would be through His Word and through the power of His might, the anointing of the Spirit. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now notice he said we are in a spiritual struggle here. The enemy is opposing us. But he said in verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we, uh, we, we could say, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, it's not people that are causing you trouble. It is, there are forces of darkness that try to use people. We understand that. But yet, right on the other hand, it's not a person that you are dealing with. It is the forces of darkness are seeking to use them. And some people certainly uh, are used much of the devil because they yield readily to the flesh, readily to the unrenewed mind. And so Satan can use them. That's why in some relationships you have more trouble than in other relationships. Amen. But it's not the person. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are terms throughout the New Testament for evil spirits and demon powers. Verse 13, therefore, or wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand or may be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day is the day of test, trial, where Satan comes to try you. And uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore. I mean just stand therefore. Standing on God's Word. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. That's the truths of God's Word. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, stand with all this armor arrayed on you, you know, being clothed in this armor. This armor is given to us to, to empower us to stand. Remember, he started this out, be strong in the Lord. Well, this is, this is how you are one way, part of the way you stay strong in the Lord uh, to stand against the enemy as you array yourself in this armor. And then he said uh, in verse 15 again, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16, above all. Now here's three things he says is most important when it comes to this armor. Not that, uh, not that these other things aren't important, you understand. But he said, above all these other things I just mentioned, take these three things. Take up the shield of faith. Oh my goodness. No wonder the devil hates faith because God showed us that that's a big issue when it comes to standing. Take up the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Wicked, it says in the Greek, wicked one, Satan and his forces. And take the helmet of salvation. So above all this shield of faith and this helmet of salvation and take the, above all these, the third one is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yes. Amen. And then he goes on praying. Yes. Take, take this word in prayer also. Verse number 18, we, we could spend a lot of time on that. But I wanted you to see here that the, the Bible does say that we have an enemy. He's arrayed against us. Somebody said one time, well, what's, well what, why do I have such problem in life? Well, it's not because of God. <laughs> it's because you have an enemy. But so uh, we, we are in an enemy. And uh, you can see there from verse 12, we wrestle not. People, do you see that word wrestle? And they, uh, they instantly think of uh, some kind of warfare or something. And we are in a spiritual warfare, all right, but you got to rightly divide the word. If your mind's not renewed about spiritual warfare, you'll go to fighting devils and fighting evil spirits whenever you're not in the right fight. You're fighting defeated foes that Jesus already defeated, fought and defeated. The devil lures people into fighting and, and wrestling and, 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 and in the wrong sense, I should say, wrestling evil spirits when actually the real battle is not that at all. Amen. Now, I want you to see here that the, among three things he said are the main parts here. Uh, he said, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll quench all the fire darts of the wicked. And then he said, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, we'll, we'll talk about these three the most tonight. Uh, maybe not right here at the beginning as much, but we'll get to it eventually. Uh, the helmet of salvation goes on the head. The helmet goes on the head. That's, that's a symbolic, uh, the, all these things are symbolic. None of it is literal. You know, we don't have to go get, you know, you can go down here to the military hardware store and get some of these armor pieces and, and come to church that way. No, these are just illustrations. They understood the Roman military garb in those days. And these are illustrations to illustrate the way the believer has to be equipped in order to stand against the forces of darkness. We literally don't need to get army fatigues on. You know, people do that. In some, some places they get, they want to get all, they're going to do battle with the enemy. So they all come with army fatigues on, you know, well, it's just an illustration. It's not, the devil's not, not afraid of army fatigues. If you don't have the helmet of salvation on in the spirit realm, not in the natural realm, it doesn't matter if you're dressed in a suit or a pair of uh, uh, army fatigues, or if you got on shorts when it comes to spiritual battles. What really matters is in the spirit realm whether you're dressed or not. That's what really matters. Can you say amen to that? 
I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, but anyway, so we see then that he said, put this on and the helmet of salvation is one thing. What is the helmet of salvation? Well, that's basically the a guarded thought life. The helmet guards the, well, in the, in the natural, it guards the soldier's physical, you know, head and brain and so forth. But he's illustrating it as a spiritual illustration. We're to have something that guards our thought life around us. And that would be a renewed mind. That would be renewed mind with the knowledge of God's Word. Yes, right. It correlates directly with the prayer in Ephesians chapter number 1. Yes, sir. You know, he prayed there that, that saints would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge yeah. of science. Yeah. No, sir. Oh, yeah. math. No, sir. Oh, 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 computers. No, sir. Huh? Well, I'm not against any of that. I'll thank God for, I believe God helps us get all that knowledge. But my point is, you can know all that and, and, and be defeated by the enemy. He said he wanted us to, uh, to be uh, there in Ephesians, the prayer. He said uh, he wanted us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. See, what kind of knowledge? The knowledge of God, the knowledge of the things of God, the knowledge of Jesus, and the knowledge of being in Him and what we have in Him and what He did for us in redemption. If you don't know that Satan's been already defeated, you're going to go about wrestling a defeated foe. See, every time you read the Bible, you realize one verse might, ha might not have the full revelation of the counsel of God's Word on the subject. So you got to take this here, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. You got to take that with Colossians 2.15. He said, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. The things that, were, that are arrayed against us, Jesus already defeated them. So when you talk about spiritual warfare, you're not fighting. You shouldn't be fighting the devil. You should fight in the arena that we're going to spend some time on tonight. And that is the good fight of faith. And you have to have a renewed mind, according to the verse number uh, down here, verse number 17. You realize that one of the main uh, battlegrounds in life is your mind, your thought life? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. We'll come back to all these scriptures. These are just sort of spring. I'm just on the diving board jumping up and down right now. I haven't jumped in yet. 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse number 3, down through verse number 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, that means we, he's talking about living in this flesh. We're still in this flesh. We do not war after the flesh with, uh, with fleshy things. You know, like army fatigues and stuff like that. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, natural. They're not physical. Amen. They're not carnal, but they are mighty through God. They're more powerful than the, anything the devil will throw at you. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, circle that, of God, knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that's, uh, that's what people commonly go to. These scriptures are scriptures people commonly go to when they talk about spiritual warfare. And rightly so. But see, you can read a verse and not see what it's saying. People read these verses, verses 3 through 5, and they say, that's what we need to do. We need to pull down strongholds over Cedar Rapids. That's what we need to do. Brother, that's what that verse is telling us. And, and we're going to come to service tonight and do war with the strongholds over Cedar Rapids. Well, 
You can do that as long as you want, and as long as, as you think that way, the devil's already got you. That's right. That's right. You know why? Because that reveals, talking like that reveals that the stronghold has already gotten between your ears. See, when he says strongholds here, there is no indication whatsoever he's talking about strongholds over a city or a geographical region. Somebody said, well, we know from the Bible they're there. Yeah, but he didn't say here where to do. Did Jesus do that? Did he, go into, did he go into Bethsaida and then just go warring and pulling down strongholds over the city? No, sir. no, no, no. He preached the word. That's right. He told and moved in the Holy Ghost. Well, now he said here strongholds and the context is notice here. He said in verse number four, well, opens the word for an icon mighty through God to pulling down strongholds and verse five, casting down imaginations, circle strongholds, circle imaginations. Probably all of you have it circled. I've told you to do that so many times. Uh, and uh, every high thing that is all stuff against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. So circle thought. And now you've circled knowledge. And you can see knowledge, imagination, I mean, excuse me, thoughts, imaginations, and strongholds. He's talking about the thoughts of our mind and the imaginations of our mind. And then he says strongholds, and he's also talking about the mind. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's where Satan works, is in the mind. You realize if everybody renewed their mind, everybody was born again and renewed their mind? There would not be Satan, although those strongholds still be up there over the atmosphere, Satan would not be able to do a thing in a single person's life. And guess what? If you are born again and you renew your mind, it doesn't matter that all those things are up there. It doesn't matter that anybody else is yielding to them. What matters is they can't dominate you if your mind is renewed with the Word of God. Because the mind is the main battleground and where Satan seeks to dominate people. Look here in the third, oh, well, let's see here. Third verse of the 11th chapter. In this same 2 Corinthians, here the 11th chapter, the third verse, Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, he said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. Now here's Satan. Satan's beguiling. Satan beguiled, that means tricks or de tricked or deceived, Eve through his subtlety. We say craftiness. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Here's the issue. When Satan came to Eve, he presented a thought to her mind, yeah. didn't he? He said, hath God said? Sure. And Eve quoted, quoted what, what God said. And then Satan said, well, you know, but he didn't really mean that. He, he said that to keep you from, you know, being, having your eyes enlightened like his. And he put a suggestion. See, words plant thoughts in people's minds. And that's how Satan operates. He comes to plant a thought in people's minds or your mind. And if you and I understand the way he does things, we won't be fighting demons as much as we will take God's word and answer those thoughts. You know what I mean by fighting demons? Like doing battles, you know, you know, major spiritual warfare and speaking in tongues against the devil, which you don't even know what you're saying anyway. You can't speak in tongues against the devil. <laughs> People get into all kinds of contortions in, in prayer and sweating and, you know, and the devil's sitting there going, he, look at them. He's not scared of that because they don't, he, he knows he's already got them because they're blinded to the truth. They're blinded to the truth that he's already defeated. You out there, you're going home. So we're talking about spiritual warfare and fighting the good fight of faith tonight, tonight and not getting in a different kind of fight. Yes. 
Now, remember whenever Jesus, see, Jesus is our example, isn't he? In, in Luke chapter number four, the Bible tells us Satan came and tempted Jesus for 40 days and nights. And uh, we have record of three of the temptations. And, and he would come and say to Jesus something. He'd make a suggestion of some kind. Uh, you know, like one of them was because uh, he was hungry, hadn't been eaten. And the, the uh, temptation was to turn the, turn the stone into bread. One of them was, if uh, you be the son of God, if, notice that, if you be the son of God, if you be the son, then cast yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. You know, angels are said, the Bible said God will give his angels charge over you. Well, how many of you know that doesn't work if you tempt God? <laughs> if it's an accident, okay. But if you're just tempting it, tempting God, we're going to have your funeral. So he said, he's suggesting certain things to, the, to, to uh, Jesus. And those, I don't believe, because the Bible says he was, all, he was tempted in all points like as we are. Right. Satan doesn't too often appear to people today. They can, don't misunderstand me, but not too often. He's tempted like as we are. How are we tempted? Just by things coming to our thought life. Yes. Just suggestions coming. I think Satan just suggested those things to Jesus' mind. Yes. <clears throat> you out there, you're going home. And notice the way he dealt with it every single time. Did he get into, did, it, did he get down and praise fervently against demonic powers that are opposing him? See, the thought was, uh, I mean, uh, well, just for time's sake, I won't get in. But the, he's trying, he's standing, he's in spiritual warfare, isn't he? But see, he didn't deal with that the way so many people today deal with it. He took what Satan suggested to his mind and answered it with truth from God's word. Well, what if I don't know what God's word is? Well, then you're up the creek without a paddle. That's why you need to get in church. Well, you're in church. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm just preaching this generally speaking. Can you say what I'm talking about? If you don't know God's word, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan, lest, lest Satan should get the advantage of us if we're ignorant of his devices. <clears throat> if you're ignorant, see, you're not to just be knowledgeable or get the knowledge of God only, but you need to get the knowledge of how Satan operates. Yes. You need to know your enemy. Any good sports team, any good military, any good any, anybody that's, that's in a competition or a, or a conflict of some kind, they're going to have to learn to know their enemy. They're gonna, that's the, if they don't, they're going to be they're going to be at a disadvantage. Yes. I mean, sports teams watch clips all week. Yes. I mean, the next game coming up, right. they watch clips and, yeah. and film. The coach makes them do it. Right. Yes, want, want them to see how they operate right. so that they can defend against it. Well, you need to know your enemy, Satan, and you need to know his devices. And one of his devices is to get you to think wrong. And he has access through wrong thinking. And then he's got you. And you can get on the floor and pound the floor and pray in tongues hard and loud and bind devils and evil spirits. And unless you renew your mind and you think right, he's still got you. That's the weakness of the charismatic era is that, is that people, they just want to do battle with demons and they don't want to crucify the flesh or renew the mind. That sounds like too much work. It is work. It is work. He said, we wrestle not. Yeah. Wrestle means it, it implies strenuous effort. Yeah. 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 Hebrews 4 says, we labor to enter into rest. Yeah. Labor and wrestle, that implies strenuous effort. Yeah. But people don't want to put forth the effort to actually have victory. Yeah. 
They want somebody to lay hands on them, pray for them, and get the cast the devil out of their life and then go live like the flesh wants to live or just don't even control their thought life and then have victory over the devil. No, you won't live. You will not live in victory unless you renew your mind and guard your thought life and keep your flesh under. Somebody said, well, the devil's already defeated. Why won't I live in victory? Because he takes advantage of you through the flesh and through the unrenewed mind. Jesus spoiled him, stripped him of his right to dominate you. Jesus defeated him, but you still have to stand against him because he'll still try to prevail against you as a defeated foe. And if you don't know he's defeated and you listen to his suggestions, he'll dominate you. Am I in the right room tonight? So above all, take these. And one of them is the helmet of salvation. Notice here, 1 Corinthians 10. He's talking about thoughts and strongholds and imaginations. And then in chapter 11, verse 3, he's talking about the thought life again. So that's how Satan got into, you know, or took advantage of Eve. Amen. Now notice this is spiritual warfare. <clears throat> the primary battleground is the mind. And... Uh, the, the thing we need to recognize is, is through the knowledge of God's Word, back here in, uh, first, I mean, excuse me, in Ephesians again, the sixth chapter, he mentions a lot of things that really, if you think about it, have to do with getting the knowledge of God's Word. Notice he talks about having your loins girt about with truth. Say truth. truth. That's the truth of God's Word. If you don't know the truth of God's Word, you're at a disadvantage in this battle. Then he said, take the shield of faith. The shield of faith is, what, is, the, is what you hold up whenever Satan comes against you. But if you don't know the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So can you see how so many of these pieces of armor go back to you having knowledge of the word? You can't believe beyond actual knowledge. If you don't have knowledge of the word, Satan will take advantage of that ignorance and get the advantage over you. That's, that's the only way he can dominate you as a believer is through ignorance. <clears throat> Either ignorance or a refusal to walk in it. Willing ignorance. Amen. Can you say amen? Am I preaching all right tonight? Amen. So Jesus was in the wilderness and he showed us how to answer these things. So um, uh, here we see then that we need to know our enemy. And the Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Now, the thing about uh, our, our spiritual warfare that we're in is that we are in a legitimate spiritual warfare, all right. It's not that there is no devils. You know, we're not preaching tonight that, you know, you, since we don't wrestle against uh, uh, flesh and blood and we do wrestle against the forces of darkness, but that's really, we're talking about, you know, you don't fight demons per se, you fight what they bring, the thoughts they bring. You fight it with the truth of God's Word, not with some sort of warfare in tongues or something like that. You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, there's another piece of the armor that implies having knowledge of God's Word and renewing your mind. And so you don't do it the way so many people think you do it. So we're in a legitimate battle, all right. And you could call it warfare, but on the other hand, you, you need to be careful about calling it warfare because the Bible, when it talks about warfare, uh, is, is, is not just talking about warring with demons, it's talking about guarding your thought life. Y'all still there? There's truth to the fact that there's an enemy arrayed against us, but unless we guard our thought life and unless we take God's word and answer those thoughts, and refuse to accept his suggestions to us, 
uh, he, he's going to dominate us. Yes. Yes. Am I making sense? Yes. <clears throat> now, um, Jesus stood against these forces, but he did it with the truth of God's word. It is written every single time. Right. See, when people use the term warfare, and, they, and the Bible talks about us being good soldiers, you know, the Bible talks about us being at, at a, at, in a warfare, so to speak. But you've got to really watch because most of the time when the Bible uses, talks about warfare, it's talking about uh, the battle between the flesh and the, and the spirit man. The flesh warring against the spirit. The flesh lusting against the spirit. <clears throat> um, uh, here he said in 2 Corinthians, with, uh, we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And then he talks about really what he's talking about is, is dealing with thoughts. Isn't that right? And then we, we go to James and we see over in James 4, 1 through 2, that whence comes wars and fightings among you, come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members. He's not talking about uh, warring with the devil here. He's talking about the flesh lusting against the spirit man. Yes. Amen. Amen. And he's talking about the, uh, the, you know, the results of un unrestrained fleshly activity. Right. People fighting amongst themselves, you know, in strife and stuff. That's not fighting the devil. That's unrestrained fleshly activity. Right. The devil might try to energize it, but yet right on the other hand, if you wouldn't yield to the flesh. Amen. Amen. You know, he tries to light up your tongue. Yeah. Those fiery darts that come at you, come at your mind, they're designed to get you to say something with your tongue. <laughs> and fuss and, and be in strife or, or speak unbelief or fear or worry or something like that. They're designed to light up your tongue. All right, so, uh, but anyway, people hear the term warfare, although most of the time there's really no, uh, when, when the Bible talks about warfare, take, for example, 1 Peter 2, 11. He said, you can just write these verses down, I'll read them. 1 Peter 2, 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. There's warfare, but he's not mentioning the devil. He's talking about the lust of your flesh. It's warring against your inner man. Amen. You young men, every time you're tempted to look at pornography, you're in a battle. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. You know what I'm talking about. You're in a battle. What are you going to do? Yield to the flesh, which is warring against your inner man? Or are you going to, going to rise up in the inner man and say, that's not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Amen. That's a battle. But see, somebody said, Satan, Satan. Well, he wouldn't be able to do anything if he didn't yield to the flesh. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And Paul uses warfare when it comes to fulfilling your ministry. Uh, like, for example, uh, Paul told Timothy, he said, no man that warreth. He said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may prove him, uh, that he may please him that called him to be a soldier. And so he's talking about being a soldier and in warfare, but really he's talking about a young man in ministry and fulfilling his ministry. He's not talking about fighting the devil. He's talking about not giving in to the things that would keep him from fulfilling his ministry. And that's a battle. I've, I've, <laughs> I've stood in that one many times. You know, you want to yield to the flesh and you want to be entertained a lot, but you got to go, go, go feed on the word to keep yourself in your, in your ministry. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But anyway, here's another use of the word uh, warfare. First Timothy 1, 18 through 19. Just write that down. First Timothy 1, 18 through 19. 
This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went, went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. People read that, and if they stop there, they think he's talking about fighting the devil. But you read the next verse, you'll find out what it means to war a good warfare. What's, how did Paul tell Timothy to war a good warfare? Verse 19, the very next verse. War a good warfare. Then he said, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. How do you war a good warfare, Paul? You hold faith and a good conscience. In other words, Paul's telling Timothy, stay in the faith fight. Amen. With the Word of God, he's talking about the prophecies that came to him by the Spirit. Stay in that faith fight and, and, and not fighting demons, but just holding. See, the, the, the enemy wants to strip you of your faith. And you have to keep him from stripping you of your faith and giving in and say, oh, my, I know this. Uh, I thought the Holy Spirit said that, but I guess it's not true. See, it's not working. And blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, there's some things I've been warring a good warfare that the Holy Ghost has told me 25 years ago. And I'm still holding the devil in the arena of faith about it. <laughs> because when it comes to fulfilling your ministry, this is what he's talking about. The prophecy, if you look at the context and other verses Paul gave Timothy about it, the prophecy was about the giftings that were in him. And he said, you hold fast to what the Spirit says in you and you keep exercising those giftings and believing that's in there. Yes, amen. 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 Uh, but uh, that, that's what he said. You, you don't give up on, in faith. Amen. Holding faith and a good conscience. Yes. I like that one. Amen. Amen. But see, the devil's not even mentioned there. He's not talking about fighting the devil. He's talking about holding fast his faith and not giving up, not quitting. Yes, sir. Praise God. You still there? But anyway, people hear these verses about warfare and warring and they, that's it. They think of warfare. They think of armies going to the, you know, out on the battlefield and fighting other armies and so forth. And they think, that, and of course, they're going out there to defeat those other armies. At least that's the way warfare used to be. It still needs to get back to that, by the way. There's some countries we need to go in and just go, <laughs> we're done with you. But see, now everything's got to be politically correct. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good. I'll think that wrong thinking's getting into your head. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Somebody said, I thought we were love people. Well, you can't love those people. You know that. You know better than that. Don't be stupid. You can't love them to death. They're going to just take your head off. It's either you or them, so it might as well be them. <laughs> Amen. I bleed red, white, and blue, you know. <laughs> I was praying the other day for this country, and I said, Lord, I love this country. I love, Amen. I believe he loves this country. Absolutely. Anyway, before we digressed... Anyway, people hear about warfare and they immediately think of armies going to defeat other armies. Well, yeah, we're in the army all right. Bible says so. We read these verses. But you need to read along with that Luke 19, 13. Jesus told us what kind of army we're in. Luke 19, 13, he said, occupy till I come. Amen. We are in the occupation army. Amen. I said, we're in the occupation army. Amen. 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 
We're to take our stand on God's Word against a defeated foe. We're in the army of the Lord, all right, but it's the occupation army. The occupying army is not at battle. You know, after we defeated Iraq, we occupied there for a while. And we weren't really at battle. We, just, we were just maintaining what we had gotten. Isn't that right? An occupation army is not at battle. Unless something rises up, you put it down. Just occupy it. Amen. Just enforcing the victory that has already been won. That's what an occupation army is doing. And what we are doing as, as members of the army of the Lord, we are just simply occupying the territory that our commander-in-chief has won for us. And we are just enforcing the victory that he already won. Think of it as territory that, that includes all your rights and privileges in Christ. That territory, Jesus gained that ground. He fought the enemy. He defeated him. He spoiled principalities and powers. Now in this territory is everything that's in Christ. And when you came into Christ, you came into a, a possession that he won for you. You don't have to win it. You just have to occupy it. And get this, stand your ground against an enemy who comes to want to push you out of that territory. He'll come to try to get you to back out of that territory, and he'll even do it by this. He'll try to say, you're not healed. That's the way he works. He works through unbelief. That's the way these forces of darkness that are, we are wrestling against, that's the way they're trying to get us out of what belongs to us, they're bringing unbelief. See, they're trying to get us to not believe, to not stand in the territory that belongs to us. When I think of wrestling, because really the Bible's not using the term warfare when it comes to demon forces, but it does use the term wrestle. When you think of wrestling, and really Paul, the, the Greco-Roman games back then, this is the way they wrestled. They had a, they, it's, well, you, you, you're familiar with it today. Let me describe it, and not that it's, it's, <coughs> it's not always edifying, but anyway, it's sumo wrestling. The, the way they wrestled back then, the way they wrestled back then, it was, kind of, it was closer to sumo wrestling than any of our wrestling today. You know, the wrestling today in the American society, you got to pin the guy on the ground, and if they're on the ground, they're, they're trying to get the shoulders down, you know. And that's not the way you wrestle in the sense the way Paul was writing. And the, see, he went to the Greco-Roman games, which is now today the modern-day Olympics. You know the Olympics started way back there? Paul uses a lot of illustrations from those games. He had gone to those games. He talks about running the race that is set before us. He's talking about a lot of athletic terms, which is, by the way, is still an illustration. People want to dress up in army fatigues. He uses illustrations about athletics. Why don't we come in jumps? I mean, in uh, exercise suits. Whatever, that jumpsuit was not what I meant to say. <clears throat> athletic attire. Amen. He also, he also described, okay, y'all, 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 y'all left me. You have to come back. He also, Paul describes 
the, the conflict we're in and the, and the, uh, the, the, the sowing of the, 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 the battle we're in to get the word sown and so forth. He describes it in uh, agriculture terms as a farmer. He yeah. yeah. said, you are God's tillage. You are God's field. Yeah. You're God, he, King James says God's garden. Yes, I have planted, Apollos watered. Amen. And then he said the, the, the farmer that uh, uh, plants the seed should be first partaker of the fruits. And he's talking about the, the uh, job that we have as ministers, planting the seed of the Word. All of us really are planting the seed of the Word. But uh, anyway, if we're to use, to take literal, you know, that, that, that we're to dress up like these things, then you ought to come dress like a farmer one time. <laughs> Everywhere bib, bib overalls. And, Howdy, you know. <laughs> Woo, that howdy was anointed, you know. It's illustrations. I said it's illustrations. But anyway, when it comes to, when it comes to the occupying army, he's, he, he also talks about wrestling here. Wrestling, the, sumo, the, the goal of a sumo wrestler is basically to get the opposing wrestler outside of a circle. Amen. As long as you stay in that circle, you're still winning. Isn't that right? And those guys, they, they you know, through sheer, fo sheer force or manipulation of some kind, they'll get the, guy, the, uh, the opposing guy to step outside the circle. And that's really what this is all about when it comes to fighting the good fight of faith. You are simply staying in the realm of the possessions that you have in Christ. Staying in the realm of who you are in Christ. When Satan says it's not so, you don't step outside of that circle and say, I guess that's not mine. You stay right there and stand your ground. <laughs> I did it. I preached myself happy. Now look here in Ephesians very, very closely here. We, we see this word. People take one verse and they get uh, distorted in their thinking about it. Notice verse 12. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now that's the only time in that passage he uses the word wrestle. Go back up to verse number 11. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Circle stand against, actually stand against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, high place, so forth. Verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand, circle withstand, in the evil day, and having done all to stand, do what? Stand, therefore having on these pieces of armor, and he describes them all. So I want you to see, he mentioned, what is that, four times? Stand or withstand, four times. And he says, stand against. Stand against. For we wrestle not against. So the words, the, 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 the struggle, because like I said, wrestling requires strenuous effort. I mean, it, it implies strenuous effort. So what the strenuous effort is to do is to stand. Don't get your focus on the wrestling, get your focus on the standing. Don't get your focus on the battle, get your focus on the victory. 
Don't talk about how goes the battle, brother. Well, you really shouldn't be in a battle. You said, I'm not in one. I'm just standing. Spiritual warfare is not something you launch against the enemy. It's something he launches against you. And it takes strenuous effort to stay in the arena of faith. Because sight and sense knowledge and the lies of the enemy and the suggestions of the enemy are telling you that what revelation knowledge has told you is not so. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to back out of the revelation knowledge. But you stand your ground. How do you stand your ground? By standing in the realm of faith. Refusing to accept the lie of the enemy and answering the enemy's lie with the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? amen? As long as you're answering, you're standing. <laughs> God's word will never fail you if you will stand on it and don't back off of it. Now, what do you do when you stand? You are enforcing Satan's defeat. You are enforcing, you are maintaining your rights in Christ and you're enforcing Satan's defeat. Jesus already whooped him. But you're just simply enforcing what he, what he did. Amen. You're occupying. Yes, sir. Amen. When we stayed in Iraq for a while, I don't know, I guess we're kind of out now, but uh, when we stayed in Iraq now for a while, we just were enforcing what we, the, the territory we won. Isn't that right? Amen. Just maintaining. Every now and then, they would rise up a little bit and we just, you know, get out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is ours now. Until we left, you know. Then they took back over. But that's the way the devil does. He's an opportunist. You, you don't stand, he's going to come in. Amen. In our case, it was a mistake to leave. But anyway, still there, you're going home. You can see that now, can't you? It was a mistake to get out of there. At least the way we did. So uh, that's the... That's the uh, the warfare, if you want to call it warfare, although the Bible talks about warfare when it comes to flesh and, and uh, I mean, uh, the soul and the spirit and the flesh yeah. battling one another, yeah. which one's going to control. And it also uses the term warfare to hold fast to your faith. So if you want to talk about warfare, okay, let's do it. But let's do it the way the Bible says to do it. Not, not go out and try to redefeat something that Jesus already defeated. Trying to do that shows that you already believe the wrong thing and he's already whooped you. Y'all getting a hold of that? Hallelujah. So magnify the victory Jesus already won. That's part of the way you stand, isn't it? Now, I like these verses here. Finally, be strong here in verse number, verse number 10 in Ephesians 6. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What, is your, what do you need to be strong for so you can stand? So you, can, you have the strength to put forth that strenuous effort to stay in faith and not walk by sight. Because Satan will suggest things to you from the sight realm. And if you're weak, you'll give in to sight and let go of what you have revelation of. Amen. So the, you, you, you're strong, strong in the Lord. That's in the word and in the power of his might. That's by being continually filled with the Holy Ghost. You're strong and to put forth that strenuous effort to stay in faith, to walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, the strenuous effort is to stand your ground against the forces of darkness who seek to trick and uh, 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 deceive you. 
Remember, he said here, for uh, put verse number 11, the whole arm, put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You look up that word wiles, it means trick or, you know, deception. Stand against the wiles of the devil. The way he's seeking to gain, your, to gain ground on you is to trick you. How does he trick you? By lying to you. By bringing thoughts to your mind that contradict God's word. And people fall for it over and over and over and over again because they're not, real, they're not fighting in the right arena. People get separated from, godly, from God-ordained divine connections because they believe lies. And Satan just, you know why he keeps doing it? Because it keeps working. It's, it's time that these things stop working. Amen. But anyway, he seeks to deceive. These forces of darkness that are uh, arrayed against us, they seek to trick and deceive us in order to defraud us of our inheritance in Christ and our advantage. Amen. That's what the word wiles means. I looked it up this week and I got so blessed I wanted to tell you. It means a trick in order to defraud somebody out of their inheritance or their property. You ever gotten one of those calls or maybe an email from some guy overseas? You know, or, no, actually, sometimes it's some lady overseas. Not, not always some lady, some guys. But anyway, I, I, I got one one time. Um, you know, I'm a, a rich widow. My rich husband died. And uh, I'm wanting to give some of my money to charity. And I need your bank account number, you know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. If you fall for that one, you almost deserve to lose your money. Yeah. Routing number, bank account number. What is that? That's a trick. Uh-huh. They're trying to defraud you of your money. Amen. And that's what Satan's doing. He's telling you lies to defraud you of what you have in Christ. He can't just come in and steal it. He has no ability to do that. But he, he can trick you out of it. I mean, if, if you'll let him, he'll trick you out of it. I, I marvel sometimes. I think of someone one time that, that we tried to warn people, don't marry that guy. Don't marry, please don't marry. But they were so, you know, Satan, Satan used their desire to be married to uh, the first guy that came along and went kind of like that, you know. They fell for it. And found out the guy was a druggie, dealing drugs. He didn't keep a job. They had no money. Finally, she left him, and I thought, good for you, but you didn't have to go through all that. That was a trick. Amen. I tell ladies in our church, don't be a bottom feeder. You know what a bottom feeder is? Eats the leftovers that all the fish up here didn't want. And, and some other stuff, too, we won't get into. Don't go for what everybody else doesn't want. Get the guppies and the trouts and the ones that are. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Notice in Ephesians 6, it says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, and withstand. So what he's not saying is, having done all to attack, attack therefore, and attack again, and counterattack. It's not something that you launch against him, it's something that he launches against you. Amen. And you simply, he's trying to back you out of your possession, your territory. And you simply occupy the territory that God gave you and enforce the victory that Jesus already won for you. You don't have to try to get healed. You already are. Your problem is you don't believe you are yet. And so the enemy tricked you to get you to step outside. Somebody said, uh, that's a battle. Exactly. Exactly. Now let's finish this up by going to Roman, uh, not Romans, to uh, Hebrews chapter number 12. Glory to God. Thank God for utterance tonight. Tell your neighbors, Jesus already defeated Satan. By the way, one of the definitions of that word there, I mean, uh, wrestle, is uh, we wrestle not, you know, in Ephesians against flesh and blood. One of the definitions of the word wrestle means to sway. So what he's trying to do is sway you. Get you to step outside of what belongs to you in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And always remember these forces that, that come against you, they're already defeated by Jesus. You can't get all the revelation about things out of one verse. You have to take the whole counsel of God's word. All right, so now you're in Ephesians. No, where are you? Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number four, did I say? Well, I meant to say four. <clears throat> You're supposed to pick that up in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now notice this. We're in Hebrews chapter four. Let's look at verse number 11. It says, let us labor therefore to enter into rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now, again, labor implies strenuous effort, doesn't it? There is effort to enter into what he called rest. Now, you look at the whole context of his teaching in this fourth chapter, you'll find that he'll say, uh, they that believe enter into rest. Amen? They that believe enter into rest. So he's talking about the rest of faith. Somebody said, is faith a labor or is it a rest? It is a rest, but it is a labor to stay in it. Come up here, Brother Ike. I'll illustrate it this way. If Brother, okay, here's the territory of, of in Christ, face the congregation. Here's the territory of in Christ realities, an imaginary circle around him, and he's standing in that, in that territory, what belongs to him in Christ. And he can stand there in a restful way. Unless someone comes... Huh? Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Amen. Now it's a labor right. to stay in that rest. Yes, sir. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. You did exactly what you should have done. You are in what belongs to you in Christ already. But the enemy is going to come and try to push you out of it. And you're going to have to put forth some strenuous effort to oppose what he's lying to you about. And remember how he does it. He does it in your thoughts. Primarily. 
Primarily, he's coming to get you in the flesh or get you in, in wrong thinking. Because if he can get wrong thinking in you, then he has access to you. That's his doorway in. You know, he has to have a doorway in, you know. But anyway, so this scriptural wrestling is mentioned here again. And he said it's a labor to enter into rest. And then, of course, also to stay in that rest of faith. When you're in faith, you're resting. People that are in faith rest and strength rests. Weakness and unbelief struggles. Y'all there? Believers don't have to overpower or overcome the enemy or wrestle him in their own strength. See, people, they have the mindset, I have to overpower the enemy. No, he has to overpower you. And he can't do it. If you, number one, you stand your ground holding fast to the truths of God's word that tells you that you are healed, free, delivered, whatever, you know. And if you don't have the truths of God's word in you, now you're going to be struggling. Amen. And unbelief is going to be a natural thing without the truth of God's word. So anyway, you don't have to overpower the enemy um, who's wrestling against you. You just stand your ground against these evil forces, by the way, who are defeated. You stand in your position of victory, Amen. seated with Christ and your authority with, with, in Christ. Amen. You only engage in the faith fight. That's the only fight you're to fight. Amen. You have to sometimes struggle, put forth strenuous effort, because as long as the devil can... Uh, uh, keep you in the sense realm. He's trying to over and over again get you back in the sense realm because sense knowledge will not tell you that you're already redeemed, free, delivered. In so many situations, sense knowledge won't tell you that. He's trying to get you back over into sense knowledge. That's how he fights. Makes suggestions that are against God's word, gets you over into the sense knowledge. And, and the way he talks to you is through sense knowledge. You feel that? See, you're not healed. Isn't that right? He talks to you through that sense realm because here's the reason why. Because in that sense realm, he'll dominate you because he's the God of that realm. The Bible says he's the God of this world. This world is talking about the sense realm. Can you see that? And as long as he can hold you in the sense realm, he'll whoop you every single time. But if you hold him in the realm of faith, in the realm of revelation knowledge, I've done it. I've preached myself. I'm just as free as a bird tonight. If you hold him in that realm, he will have to run off with his tail between his legs every single time. You know what I mean by tail between his legs? I mean defeated. Amen. If a dog misbehaves and you, you, you correct him, he runs with a tail between his legs, he's defeated. Amen. You, you need to stand your ground and answer him. Yes. Trust God's word to work for you. Yes. Put forth the, the effort to stand in faith and the effort to get the scriptures to stand on. Do some meditating. Dig things out of the Bible that belong to you. Read good books. Amen. And then labor to stay in that rest. Praise God. You as a believer are already there through faith in Christ, but he'll try to push you back out of it. Did you get anything out of the word tonight? Thank God for the truth. You have to occupy the ground that Jesus gave to you, don't you? 
Tell your neighbor, stand. stand. Don't give up. <clears throat> Somebody said, I just feel like I'm losing. No, as long as you're standing, you're still winning. You're still winning. You might have to stand in many different realms. Take the love walk, for example. The devil said, this relationship is falling apart. Just keep walking in love. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Standing doing what? Walking in love. Walking in love. Walking in love. Hallelujah. 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 There's more, but we'll end right there tonight. How's that? That's all stand. <laughs> <laughs> over and over in the Bible, New Testament and Old Testament talks about standing. And we've done some teaching in the past about the shoes that you have on your feet. Remember the shoes of peace? The way he tries to see those shoes, those, those Roman soldiers had spikes on those shoes. They had a couple different kinds they wore, but all of them had spikes. But that's for good footing. If you're going to stand, you have to have good footing. You don't want to be in a battle and here you are. I mean, the enemy's coming and you're here going, I got to get these shoes on, you know. That's a bad time to get your shoes on. You got to have them on. You got to be ready. And he says the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you got peace on your feet. As soon as he gets you into worry, you're not going to be able to stand very well. What am I going to do? The devil's threatening to do this and to, you know, bankruptcy or just divorce or, you know, disease or something. Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you, gotta, you, got, you can't enter into that worry because all of a sudden he's got you off your feet. He got you off your feet. This, it's amazing how that, that armor will keep you totally victorious. Totally. Complete victory in every area of life. I have a sound mind tonight because I stood against the oppression that came against me as a teenager. Oh, man. He, he made a play for my... Of course, I gave, him, I gave him the opportunity. I'm not glorifying him. He really can't do something unless you open the door. And I had the door open. And he took that advantage. And he started tormenting my mind. <clears throat> but I learned in Bible school how it got in. I learned how to close the doors and I learned how to stand against the thoughts, the oppressive thoughts. And I never had anybody, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to this, but I'm saying I never had anybody exercise authority over that oppression or that bondage or anything like that. I just started standing against the lies of the enemy and the thoughts that had opened that door. And as I learned to do it, because it was a process of me learning to do it. At first, I was just starting to say, okay, I'm not going to think those thoughts. The Lord said to him one day, no, you're doing it all wrong. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you need to replace the thought with my word. And I got it. I could take you to the, I was driving in my car at the time. I could take you to the spot where I had just turned a corner where the Lord spoke that I got it. And that was another big lurch forward, you know. And I, and I started walking more and more in peace. And I have a sound mind tonight. Amen. Just, just as sound and peaceful as, as any mind you could find. <laughs> Amen. But, but I had to learn to stand. And you can do it. 
Don't give up. He'll try to keep coming back, won't he? Just don't give up. And I'll be honest with you, it affected my sleep for, for, for really years because he would try to attack my mind in the nighttime and I'd wake up and stand against it, you know. And for years it was that way. And I didn't even realize that it was affecting my physical body because I wasn't getting as much sleep. I, I, I could not sleep more than three or four hours at a time without waking up and dealing and getting that thing off of me for years. Actually, uh, well, I'd have to think about how many years, but it was, we, we had already moved here. We were living here. But over the last three or four or five years, I'd have to go back and look. But uh, I can sleep now totally. <laughs> Wake up in the morning like, where am I? <laughs> you just got to keep standing. Did you get as much out of this as I did? I, I thank God for the truth. Father, we love you tonight. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.